Nishmat on anyone like that. I don't have one yet, but we're going to record it anyway for Zuchut. We have to get on the, the program. Okay. Welcome, everyone, to today's Daf Yomi class. Uh, we're on Daf Lamed Chet Amud Bet uh, 38B. Uh, today's Daf is 39. Tomorrow will be Mem and then Mem Aleph. We hope to be in the middle of 39 and we'll do, um, we'll do, it's only a two day holiday, not a three day holiday. We're going to have Mem and Mem Aleph. Uh, we should be doing Motzei um, Shabbat. We should be doing 39 plus uh, Mem, and then we'll have Mem Aleph be behind by Mem Aleph, and we'll catch that up over the rest of the, the next couple of days. Okay, we now are on Lamed Chet Amubet. Everyone join in a brand new Mishnah on Lamed Chet Amubet. Says the Mishnah as follows: Talur if you have a a oven, which was huska bekashu Now note the term over here is tanur, which is the more standard form of oven that we know. Now the tanur in the time of the Gemara was a much much stronger than a kira. It was the tanur, and it also had a place for two um, two pots on top. That was a tanur. And uh, Freddie was supposed to send me some images. I don't have those images with me. Hopefully, I'll be able to share them on the screen when I get them. So you have a tanur, which is stronger than a kira that we were talking about. She is stiku bekash. And we fueled it with straw. Now, in the case of the kira, we said that if it's if it's a straw-fueled kira, it was allowed to put something on it before Shabbat. Here in the tanur case, if it's she is stiku bekash you're not allowed to put any chamin or tavshil on it. Ben mitocho, ben Whether you're putting it inside the closet itself, the tanur closet itself, or whether you put it on top of the tanur closet, it's asur regardless. Now, a kupach, um, which is uh, similar to a kira, is, has the following rules. Welcome, Tal. Shisikua bekash if you do it with straw and stubble, hareze kikiraim, that's the law, looks like a kira, same as a kira. <coughs> if you do it with wood or sesame residue, hare hu kitanur, then it's like a tanur, says the Gemara. So it seems like there's a three levels. There's the kira level, that's the most lenient level. We have a kupach level, and then we have a Tanur level, which is the strictest level. Um, we're going to see that the, the connection is based on the heat level of the item. The Gemara is going to analyze now. Says the Gemara, Tanur We said that if you have a Tanur that is fueled with something, Savar of Yosef the Mamer, Tocho, Tocho Mamash. Al Gabav, Al Gabav Mamash. When we, sit, we spoke about the rules of Tocho and Al-Gabab, whether it's inside or on top, we meant that the inside on top, because those those are Asur, because it means really inside or really on top. But if we're just doing Simicha, for those who are following the Simicha, means you leave it right outside the door of the Tanur, that would be Shapir Dameh, that would be okay. This is, the, the theory of Rabbi Yosef was to say that when the Mishnah said it's Asur on top or inside, we meant specifically on top, on top or inside. 
Whereas if it's only outside the door, in the Simicha case, it wouldn't be allowed, even in the Tanur. So Abaya asked his Rebbe of Yosef the following question. Rebbe Yosef was the one who just said the rule. That's He says, we see from the rule in the Mishnah of Kupach. If you have a kupach, which is a middle level, mid level oven, which got seeded, which was double karaoke, like a kira. If it's like wood or especially when it's doing it with tanur, okay? So, that means that if it would be like a kira, it would be mutad. Now, what type of thing are we talking about? You're talking about putting it in or on top? If we're talking about on top of it, what's it talking about? If the, the wood is in the kira, a kira wouldn't be allowed if you put the stuff on top of it. So it can't be talking about a kira that's in the katum. When we say it would be like a kira, like what kira? Can't be talking about a kira that's in a group of katum because we're trying to say it's a mutar and a kira in a group of katum is asur. So it can't be that case. El alav must be. It's not talking about on top of it. Must be talking about the smoch. The Gemara presumes asur, right? And we said that it's like that. It's like a tanur and it's asur. So we said if he did it with kashu gava. We said it's like a tanur, and it's was I with etzim v'gefet. We said it was a sur like a tanur. So you see, then you know I'll do smicha on a kupach. You know I'll do smicha on a kupach. Again, let me just review what we're trying to do. We were trying to prove Rav Yosef had made in a statement that he assumed that a kupach, the mid-level item. It's, the Mishnah said it was asur to put it on top or in, but smicha is okay. On the outside is okay. We're proving it wrong because we're presuming that when the Mishnah says about the kupach, that if it was with wood, it's like a tanur. We're assuming that we're saying a case that would have been mutar if it was a kira. We're saying it's like a tanur. That's why it's asur. But if it was a kira, it would be allowed. Now, and we're assuming it can't be talking about on top because if it was on top, it would be, a, and, and we're assuming that the wood is still in it, it's a surah nakira too. So it must mean it's talking about and, and in front. So if it's in front, we have a proof that in front is a surah. Did I lose everyone? Mike? No, no, I'm, I'm not lost. My question is, the difference in the three methods is the placement of the food or the actual cooking type? The difference is as follows. Um, the three things are three different types of ovens. They have different heat levels. Okay? Right. Now, uh, the rabbis made different restrictions on, on different uh, ovens. Right. Okay? So what we want here is we want to clarify the kupach where the Mishnah had clarified the rule by the kupach about... I'm sorry. We wanted to clarify the tanur. Sorry, the tanur, which is the most strict. Which is the most strict? We want to know what is the law about smicha in the most strict one. Okay, 
Sikha okay. meaning we're leaving the thing right outside the tunnel. What's the law in that case? So uh, we want to bring a proof. We want to say that the Mishnah is, you, when, when it comes to Kupach, in the Kupach case, we said, oh, it's, it's like a Tanur and it's Asur. Now, the presumption is that the Mishnah must have been talking about a Smicha case. And therefore, we see that Smicha and a Tanur is Asur. Now, the presumption they, that it's a Smicha case, why? The reason why I presume that it's a Smicha case is because it has to be a case that the Kira would have been allowed. Okay. Now, we're assuming if it's on top, and, and, and by the way, we're talking about a case where there is wood inside it, and no one cleared out the wood. So now, we know that Akira is a sewer when there's wood inside it. Right. So it can't be talking about a case of on top with wood inside, because that's a sewer with Akira too. Must be talking about smicha, which is okay in Akira. And it's a sewer in a tanur. And there, you see we're saying that a, a tanur is a sewer in smicha. Yeah. From the Kubach case. Good, I got, I got some nods. Tal's with me. Mike, you with me? I'm with you. Okay, I'll take it. Good. Okay. Irving, got, I got a thumbs up from Irving. Sam and Harry are holding their, their thumbs. Okay, listen, it's okay. No problem. Amar of Ada Bar Abba. Rav Ada Bar Abba says, Hacha, no. Not necessarily is it a proof. Hacha, pikupa karufi katum. We're talking here about a kupach and a tanur that were cleared of grupa Ktuma. And therefore, harehu tanur, it's like a tanur, the We're telling you in the Mishnah that it's like a tanur that it's asur, and even though you garufikatumed it, al gabav is asur. Had it been a kira, if it's garufikatum, it would be okay. Okay. That's what the Gemara is saying over here. So the Gemara is pushing off. Says the Gemara, Tanya Kavate de Abaye. We have a proof that is going to prove Abaye is right. That you're not allowed to be too smicha on a tanur. Again, our subject is smicha on the tanur. We have a proof like Abaye. Tanur, the right is starting right now. You have a tanur which was masik, which was fueled with straw stubble. And some chimlo, you can't do smicha. You definitely can't put it on top. You definitely can't put it inside. And you don't even tell you about water at sea. If you have a kupach which was fueled with straw and stubble, some chimlo, you can leave it outside. You can't put it on. You can't put it on top or inside. The gevur team you put a kupach with wood or sesame residue. Then and something you can't put anything on top. So you see clearly in the brayta that a tanur you are not allowed to do smicha on a tanur. That's a straight up brayta following uh, abaya. Amalei Rav Acha berei the Rav the Rav Ashi. Hi kupach, hechi dami. What's it similar to this kupach? Ikakira dami. If I tell you it's like a kira, then afilu begevetim nami. It should be allowed with gevetim as long as you take it out. Why should it be a sewer if you did it with wood? 
Why is this like a mixed type of law? Rev Acham wants to know. Amar So Rev Ashi answered him and he said, like this Nafish Havle Midikira. It has more heat than a Kira. Vizutra Havle has less heat, Mitanur than a Tanur. And the reason why it has these rules is because it's got more and less heat than those things. That's why it has a unique stat- status. Its status is unique because its heat level is in between a tanur and a kira. And that's the answer to the, to the question that Rav Acha asked Rav Ashi. Rav Acha wanted to know, why does it have a rule? It's not like a kira, and it's not like a tanur. And the answer is, yes, because its heat is not like this and not like that. Good? Says the Gemara further. The Gemara is going to explain what a kupach looks like. Hechi dami kupach, behepi dami kira. What does a kupach look like? So now you guys are expecting that since you guys have ovens that say GE and Thermidor, and uh, you know n- none of your ovens say kupach or kira on it, so you're figuring that whoever is the Amoraim and the Gemara know what a kupach and a kira is. However, kupach and kira were Mishnahic terms, and the Mishnah was 300 years before the Gemara. And therefore, the Amoraim and the Gemara are actually asking each other, what is a kupach? What does a kupach look like? Because to see that even though the Mishnah spoke about it, even the Amoraim weren't so clear on what it was. And we're going to now have an opinion on what it looked like and bring a proof to the opinion. Says the Gemara. I don't feel so bad, Rabbi. Yeah, yeah. If you, I, I, that's that, I can't, that, I can't, that I can't visualize it. <laughs> right, exactly. You, you see that it was actually a question of the Gemara. That's why I'm pointing this out. I could have just spent through this piece. But I want to make you feel good that the Mishnah is a Mishnah. The Mishnah is the word of Hashem. And, and the, the Amoraim's job and our job is to figure out what the Mishnah is talking about and get to the bottom of it. That's our job. Okay? kupach. What does a kupach look like? kupach achat. When you have a kupach, it's got room for one pot. Kira makom pechitat shtekirot. Akira has got room to to hang two pots from the top of it. Remember, the kira you hang the pots in the top, and you have a cabinet inside for the fuel. Akira has a room for two pots. I guess there's a lot more room for fuel as well, and a kupach has just one pot. I guess the the steam is less because there's less room in the cabinet for fuel. Okay. Amr Abaya says, in some states, Rabbi Yirmiyah. I can bring you a proof from a Mishnah in Kelim that Yosi Barchanina is right about a Kupach having two and a Kira, I'm sorry, Kupach having one and a Kira having two. Okay? How do I know? Okay? Because it says, Kira Shenechlechel, the Shnaim, if you have a Kira that's split into two, Meaning you had an, a clay oven called a kira, and it's split into two. It depends how it splits. Again, every keli can accept tumah. This oven is a keli no different than anything else. It's really just a box that you could put fuel in. So it's a keli as well. Kelim accept tumah until they break, especially if they're made out of cheres. Once they're broken, then they're tahor. And even if it was tameh, 
it, the, the clay becomes tahor once the keli is broken. Okay? Now, our Mishnan Kelim that we're discussing now is discussing at what point do we call the keli broken? How broken does it have to look in order for it to be called broken? So we, the Mishnah is saying, Akira, if it's split orka, if it's split across the width, and therefore it's entirely split, tehora, then it's tahor, it lost its status as a keli, it's now just clay, and it's any tuma that was on it just popped off it. Lerochba, but if it's split along the length, and now it became two separate kiras, right? Then, timea it's tameh. Why? Because now, before it was, if you have a kira that has two pots on it, if it splits this way, it's still good. You could still put two pots in it like this. Right? Yes, it's going to split. Now, if it splits this way, and you split the two things, you won't be able to hang anything. So Akira, if it splits this way, it's Tahor. And if it splits this way, the way I'm showing my finger, then it is Tameh. On the other hand, Kupach, Ben Ben Tahor. Either way, it's Tahor. Because the Kupach, whichever way it goes, since it's only one, it's got to go across the place where you're putting the thing. So therefore, we see a proof from the Mishnah and Kalim to Rabbi Yossi Hanina said before that a Kupach has one spot and a Kira has two spots. Are we clear, Rabbi Not only do we have uh, Amorim arguing, we have other Amorim bringing proofs from Mishnahs what it looks like. Okay, now we have a brand new Mishnah, which is going to talk about cooking in solar cooking, okay? Solar cooking and other solar things. Says the Mishnah as follows. You can't put an egg on the side of a pot of water, uh, a tea kettle, in order that it should cook. You don't want, you can't make soft-boiled eggs on Shabbat by putting an egg next to your tea kettle so it gets soft-boiled. And don't crack your egg on a black handkerchief that got heated by the sun. I don't know if many of you guys have been to Death Valley, California, but anyone who has been there, there's a city called Palm Springs. Uh, the temperature in the summer gets around 118, 119. That's without the sun. If you put a black thing in the sun over there, you can easily get a hard-boiled egg by using the Sun's rays in Death Valley, California. Now, we're talking here a person who wants to cook an egg in the Mishnah by cracking it onto a black handkerchief. Don't do that on Shabbat. But Rabbi Yossi Matir, Rabbi Yossi says you're allowed to pour, put it on. Since you're cooking it on something that's sun heated and not heated by a fire, Rabbi Yossi says oh, so this is called Toldat Chama. Everyone agrees, both rabbis would agree, that if you're cooking it with the actual rays of the sun, that's mutar on Shabbat. You're allowed to cook on Shabbat, take an egg, and cook it with the actual sun's rays. But to cook it with something that was heated in the sun, there's a machloket. Tanakhama is basically saying no, it's not allowed, we're going to see soon, because we'll see soon why. 
And the BOC is allowing it because the, the black handkerchief was heated only in the sun. Okay? Do not bury your egg in hot sand or in the hot dust of the roads. So it should cook. There was a story. This is a very interesting story over here. The people of Tveria, I don't know if you know, Tiberius is famous for hot springs. Even today, there are many cities, both in America and around the world, that have hot springs. In Yosemite National Park, they have a hot spring where the temperature in the summer of the hot spring is 180 degrees. Understand that boiling is 212. So 180 is quite, quite hot. It's geothermic heating for those who are uh, interested in that. Now, in Tiberia, where they had a lot of Jewish people, which is different than if you go to Glenwood Springs, Colorado, where there's, or where there's hot springs or other places, here they have hot springs in Tiberia and a lot of Jewish people. So they came up with a plan. What they wanted to do was they took a pipe and they ran the pipe of fresh water through the hot spring. The hot spring is a very, very nasty smelling sulfur smell, but it comes up very, very hot. So they ran a pipe of fresh water through the hot spring of sulfur, and it came out the other side, boiling hot water. You can get water that's 160 degrees, and you could open the pipe and take a drink of warm, hot water that's fresh, that's just going in a pipe through the hot, through the, hot, the other hot water. They brought a pipe of water, the Tok Amashil Chamin, through the Chamei Tveria. Okay? The rabbis told them the following. In Shabbat, if you want to use it on Shabbat, Chamin Shabbat, the hot water itself is Asur. And you're not allowed to wash yourself with it. And you can't drink it either, just like hot water that's heated on Shabbat, you can't do it. This was also used right, you can't do it. In Biyom Tov, but if it's the holiday, like it's coming up now, it's like hot water that was heated on Yom Tov. You're not allowed to wash yourself because you can't take a bath in hot water on Yom Tov. But you are allowed to drink it, it's okay, on Yom Tov. Let's see the Gemara going further. Ibayalahu, the Gemara asks the question. Galgal, what happens if the guy cooked on the side of his tea kettle? The first case of the Mishnah was the guy had a tea kettle. And we said, you should not leave your egg next to the kettle. What if you didn't do it? My, what's the law? Do we say, oh, it's Mashel Doraita? Or it's only Dirabanan? So Rebosa says, Galgal, Chayav Chatat. Rebosa answers, that if you cooked it, you cooked it with heat and fire, and you have katat. I don't care. I don't care um, what happened. The fact that you put it on the side, who cares? We can also see from the later Mishnah as well. It says, Anything that came in hot water, if you already put it in hot water before Shabbat, you could you could soak it in water, hot water on Shabbat. If it didn't come out of hot water before Shabbat, 
Okay, this case over here is talking about pouring hot water on food on Shabbat. So we said that if the thing was already cooked before Shabbat, then you're allowed to put it in hot water on Shabbat and warm it up. But if it wasn't put in hot water before Shabbat, you could you could rinse it in hot water on Shabbat because a klishini doesn't cook, except for meliach hayashan, except for two types of things that can actually cook in a klishini. These are called kaleh bishul, and they can actually cook in a, in a klishini, right? Because over there, when you pour hot water from a second klishini, if the gemar b'achdan it finishes. So we see from here that any time you can figure, any time you can eat something with a gemar bishul, that's considered asur. So too, when you put your egg next to the thing, if it finishes and people eat it like that, soft-boiled, you did the abirah of cooking on Shabbat and you'll be chayav Now, now we're going to switch the topic to the topic of cooking on the solar-heated handkerchief. So the Mishnah said the following, Do not make the egg soft-boiled in a handkerchief. Asking my question, this that it says in the Mishnah, you're allowed to put uh, cooked food into a bore in order that it should be watched and it shouldn't get too hot. You're allowed to put sweet water into bad water in order it should cool off. It says you're allowed to put cold water in hot water so that it gets hot. So how can our Mishnah say that there was a machlok and Rabbi Yossi about putting stuff in the Chamei Tveria, here we have a Mishnah that says, later on, you're allowed to put cold water into hot water so it gets hot. Do we have to say that only Rav Yossi would agree with this case and the Rabbanan would disagree? Because after all, Rav Yossi was the one who didn't let them put in the Chamei Tveria. Are we saying that the later Mishnah must have been written but only by Rav Yossi? Is everyone with me? Everyone's following what I'm saying over here? Yes. Good. Harry's with me. Sam, good, good. I steal it out. Good, beautiful. Okay. Amar Rav Nachman, so Rav Nachman answers and he says the following. No. Bechama, if you're putting it straight in the chama, everyone agrees you're allowed to cook in the chama itself. or if you cooking with a handkerchief or an item that was heated on a fire, so toldota or not the fire itself, doing something was heated on a fire, which means I take a let's say a pot, I heat I have an open fire on Shabbat, I heat the pot in the open fire, and then I take the pot off and I crack my egg onto that open pot and it gets a little cooked. Right? That's called toldata or it's not on the fire, but it's something that was heated on the fire. Everyone agrees that you do that on Shabbat Asur. 
keep putting it with all the Hamas. Machloket is when you cook something that was heated in the sun. More savar tolot hachama atu tolot One rabbi says is the gezera of the rabbis that if we let you cook in a pot that was heated in the sun, you might confuse it with a pot that was heated on the fire. Right? For example, let's say Harry would take his pot and uh, heat it in the sun, and I'll crack an egg into it and use it on Shabbat. Now, Mike Solomon sees Harry cooking on Shabbat in a pot that without a fire under it, and he says, oh, he must have taken that pot off his blech and used it to cook the egg. You see, you're allowed to do that. And then Mike will go and cook an egg on Shabbat in the pot that was heated under fire also. That, everyone agrees, that's sewer. So one rabbi says, oh, we make a gizera on a pot that was heated in the sun, atu, a pot that's heated under fire. And others say, no, we don't make the gizera. And that's the machloket between the two rabbis. Whether or not we make the gizera or not. That's the whole story over here. Says the Gemara, v'lo yitmena v'chol. You're not allowed to put it in sand, or dirt that was heated in the sun. Says Why doesn't Rabbi Yossi argue about the sand? We saw Rabbi Yossi arguing about the handkerchief that was that was done in the sun. If you saw the Mishnah, Rabbi Yossi had said that Sorry. Uh, we said you Rabbi Yossi allowed when you cracked the egg on the Sudan that was heating the sun. So why did Rabbi Yossi argue also about this as well? About the sand. Rabbi Amar Rabbi says, Gizera Shema Yatmin Beremetz. When you do it in sand, the sand looks very similar to a very popular way that people cook. There's many people used to cook in sand that had coals with it. And since people used to cook in sand with coals in it, people who see you cook in sand that was heated in the sun might confuse you with sand with coals, and that's why everyone agrees in this word, even Rabbi Yossi. Right? Rabbi Yosef Amar, don't confuse Rabbi Yosef with Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yosef the Amora explains why, it's a, why Rabbi Yossi doesn't argue. Because there's a problem of digging. On Shabbat, you're not allowed to dig a hole. And when you put it in the sand on Shabbat, we're afraid you'll get into a problem of digging. What's the difference in Rabbi Yosef, who explains Rabbi Yossi and Rabba? Let's say I have some dirt that is already ground up. When you have ground up dirt, so it's already ground up and you're not making a hole. And therefore, if that dirt got heated by the sun to a point where it could cook an egg, and you put it in that dirt, so now it depends. According to Rabbi Yosef, who says the whole problem why the rabbi said it's always Asur, is because we're afraid you'll make a hole. Well, in Afar Tichuach, you can't make a hole. But according to the rabbi, he says, it looks like you're be- you like you might be using dirt that has coals, you still have to worry about that also. So this case of Afar Tichuach will highlight the difference between Rabbah and Rabbi Yosef.
Okay. The Gemara will ask a question on Rabbi Yosef. Remember, Rabbi Yosef is the rabbi who said that we're worried that you might make a hole. Metivi will ask a question. Rashbag Omer Rashbag says, It says that you can cook an egg on Shabbat on a very hot roof, according to Rashbag. But you cannot cook an egg. You can't cook it on a hot pot that was cooked on the fire, because that was cooked on the fire. I understand, according to the rabbi who says the reason why you can't use dirt is because you might put it in coal, sand, like a mixer. Over here on a roof, it doesn't look like coal sand. A roof and coal sand doesn't look the same. And therefore, it, it's fine that the rabbi allowed you to cook on a hot roof. But according to the rabbi who says that maybe the problem with the problem is that you might make a hole, why are we worried that if you do it on your roof, it looks like you're making a hole on your roof? Versus no, some God let be afar. Most gods, most roofs just as just as far, and there's no dirt. Now you should know in the city, there's many people who make gardens on their roof. Uh, they are looking for a patch of land. They'll go on the roof of their building and they make their little gardens with dirt on the roof. You can do that. But most roofs don't have dirt. And therefore, that's why the rabbis allowed the dirt on the roof. Tashma will bring a proof to Rabbah who says that the problem is coal sand and against Rabbi Yosef who said that the problem was, is everyone with me with the coal sand? Again, there's two possible problems with the thing. Either coal sand or making holes. So we're going to prove to the coal sand rabbi against the, against the making holes. The Mishnah had said that the people of Tiberias did something special. They brought a pipe. They brought a pipe within a I understand, according to Rabbi, who says that the problem is that maybe you're going to put it in coal sand. That's why the rabbis all had a problem with the pipe in Tveria, because just like sticking in um, sticking in your egg in the sand is uh, completely submersing your egg in the sand, and here you submerse the pipe within the other water. You have a heating source with a submersed item. So it looks a little bit like the, the coal sand. But, but according to the rabbi who says that the whole point over here is that you might move uh, dirt and make a hole. How are you making a hole in water? In water, it doesn't look like making a hole. You have a pipe in water for crying out loud. It doesn't look like a hole. Mara says, Be sovereign, did you think? You think? That the problem of Tveria, why they brought the story, is because of the Seifa about the dirt? No. Areshikai, we were talking about the Resha. It is loyifka and abisudarim. We said, don't put it in a handkerchief. Rabiosi, Matir. Hachikamer, Rabbanan Rabiosi. And so basically, you had thought, we had, there were two cases. There was the first case with the 
handkerchief. The handkerchief was a machloket case. It was the third case which had the dirt. The dirt, everyone agreed, was Asur. And you had the middle case of the story of the pipe in Tveria. We had thought till now that the pipe in Tveria was an all-agreed case like the case of the dirt. And if we're, so we're asking, oh, that only makes sense according to Rabbi, not Rabbi Yosef. Says Rabbi, you misunderstood. That case of the pipe is actually like the case of the handkerchief, which was a machloket. And the same way there's a machloket about the handkerchief, there's a machloket just as well about the pipe. And I'll tell you exactly what the rabbi said to each other in the machloket. Look inside. Says the Haki Kamer Rabbi Nachman Yosi. This is what the Rabbi Nachman told Rabbi Yosi. Don't you know the story about the people of Tveria? How can you say it's okay with the handkerchief? Don't you know the story about the people in Tveria? The Toldat Chamahu in Tveria, we know that the hot water in Tveria is from the sun. The Asrili Rabbanan and the rabbis don't let you use it. So how could you let with thing? Amar Lahu, so the Rabbi Yossi said back to him, the hot water in Tveria is not heated from the sun. The hot water in Tveria is heated from a fire. How is it heated from a fire? The reason why the hot water is hot is because the hot water in Tiberias goes through the geocentric thermal heat of the earth, which is where Gehinam is. And, it, and we know that Gehinam is a fire. So therefore, the hot water is heated on a fire, and it has the rules of a fire. So that case of the Tveria was actually a proof that the rabbis were trying to bring to prove Rabbi Yossi wrong. You're wrong, Rabbi Yossi, they said. How could you allow this handkerchief business? Don't you see what happened in Tveria? That was like the sun in its asur. And Rabbi Yossi says, stop. The case of the, of the handkerchief is allowed. The case of Tveria was asur. But you know why it's asur? Because it's not the sun. It's from a fire. What fire? Oh, the fire of Gainam. And that's the, that's the, that's what's going on in the Mishnah. And therefore, everything is cool. Are we clear over here? Rabbi. Yes. yes. Awesome. Um, when when we were talking, yeah, it's awesome. When we were talking about the sun, it seemed more like uh, referring to the sun as a non uh, is as like a natural type of heat. And if it comes from a natural type of heat, then that's asur. The sun allowed. also could be considered a fire. Natural type of heat is allowed. If it's the sun, if it's the sun, everyone agrees it's allowed. If it's toldata or if it's something that was heated in the sun, that's the machlokan of Yossi and Rabbanan. And if it's toldat, no, toldata chama is the machlokan. Toldata or everyone agrees that's sur. Right, but this, the fire of Gainam or something is, is not a, that's a natural type of fire. It's not. Wasn't made so by the, anybody. The Gemara is saying the machloka between Rabbi Yossi and Rabbanan is about the fires in Gehenna. Is about the fire. Is about the Chamei Tveria. Is the Chamei Tveria from the sun heated, or is the Chamei Tveria from the fires of Gehenna heated? If it's from the fires of Gehenna, uh, just like any other hot water heated by the fire, you can't use to cook an egg on Shabbat. It would be a sewer to take water off your, take your kettle off your blech and put an egg in on Shabbat. Why? Because that, even though the kettle's not on the fire, but you're cooking 
in Toldata or which somebody was heaving the fire. That's a sewer. But if your kettle was heaving in the sun, then you have a machokin. If you put the egg directly in the sun, you have no machokin. Everyone says it's okay. Okay. Right. But what I was thinking was, uh, I, I was thinking the fire of Gainam is more similar to the fire of, of the sun than the fire of uh, of like a stove or a blech. Nice thoughts. So you're with the Rabbanan. Hi. Hi. Yaakov wants to say hi. Okay, Yaakov, we're in the middle of the class. Amar Abchasta. Abchasta says, turn the page to Lamatet Amudbet. From this story that the people of Tveria did, the Asu Rabbanan, the rabbis made it a sur, Batla Hamtana Bedavara Mosiva Val Vafilum Vodyom. The rabbis said that you're not allowed to put, you're not allowed to uh, submerge any food item in something that increases the heat, even if you put the item in this thing that increases heat while it's still day, the rabbis made it a sewer, you'll find out. Any, there are some items that increase heat. I don't know if you know that you could have a compost heap in your backyard where you put your leaves and stuff, and that compost heat, if you don't turn it over, actually gets very, very hot and could go on fire. That's called increasing heat. If you take an egg and put it in that compost heat, which increases fire, even if you put the egg in on Friday afternoon, okay, it's still asur. The rabbis made asur, just like they did with this chamei uh, trayim, which increases the heat. Amar Ula. Ula says the following: Halacha ke'anshei tveria. The halacha follows the people of tveria. So Rav Nachman told him, how could the be like the Anshei Tveria? The people of Anshei Tveria broke their pipe. When they heard the rabbis say it's a sewer, they broke their pipe. So the Acha can't be like them. They wouldn't have broken their pipe. Now we're going to discuss the story of taking a Rechitza on Shabbat. So we said, Maaseh She'asu Anshei Tveria. My Rechitza, what type of washing did we say was a sewer from the pipe on Shabbat? Because we had said on Shabbat, you're not allowed to wash yourself from the pipe. And when it came to Yom Tov, you weren't allowed to wash, but you were allowed to drink the water from Yom Tov from the pipe. If we're talking about taking a full body wash on Shabbat, does that is it sounds like it's the only reason why it's a sewer on Shabbat is because the water got heated on Shabbat. But had the water got heated from end of Shabbat, it would have been mutar. Is that what you're trying to say? But don't you know the following writer? If you have a pile of hot water that was heated from before Shabbat, the next day, you're allowed to wash your hands and face on Shabbat with water that was heated from Shabbat. Shabbat. Of a law called Gufal, but you can't take a bath on Shabbat, even though the water was heated from Friday. So why would the rabbi say, oh, it's like water heated on Shabbat. It's like any water. You can't, if we were talking about called Gufal, would it make sense? Ella must be that we're talking about Panavya We're just talking about washing your hands and face. And we're saying that the water from the pipe in Tiberius is like water that's heated on Shabbat, and therefore it's a sore on your hands and face and 
feet. So Moses says, if that's true, Ava Seifa, how are you going to learn the Seifa of the Brayta? The Seifa of the Mishnah says, the Yom Tov, on Yom Tov, Kichamin Shehukhmu Be Yom Tov Ve'asurin. We said, if it's on Yom Tov, if you're using the pipe of Tiberius on Yom Tov, it's like a hot water that was heated on Yom Tov and it's a sewer to wash and it's mutar to drink. Now, when we say a sewer to wash, so that means it's a sewer to wash your hands and face in the water here on Yom Tov. Lema Tanan Stama Kibet Shamai. Could it be that our mission is learned like Bet Shamai? And it didn't even mention it, Bet Shemai. It's not, because we learned, Bet Shemai means, Lo yicham adam chamin, l'raglav, elem kerem ra'u l'shtiyah. Bet Shemai does not let cooking water on Yom Tov, unless it's possible that you might drink it. Because he says, that's not a need that everyone can use on, on, on Yom Tov. U Bet allows it. So you want to say that our Mishnah was assuming that you can't, Wash your hands and face on Yom Tov with water that's heated expressly for that purpose? How can it be? That would be like Bet Shabbai. And Mishnah wouldn't say such a thing. So we got a problem. What's that Mishnah talking about? If it's talking about washing your whole body, it don't make sense. Because washing your whole body would be a surah, would be a surah on Yom Tov also. Sorry, sorry. Right? And if it's talking about only washing your hands and face, then it's Bet Shemai. We're talking about pouring water on your whole body. Not taking a bath on your whole body, but we're going to be pouring the water on your whole body. That was a machloket tanaim. The Tanya we learned, a person shouldn't pour water on your whole body. Whether hot or cold, this is Rebeir. Rishimon Matir, Rishimon lets putting hot and cold. Rehuda lets with cold and allows hot. Therefore, we see that only if it was, was, it was heated on Shabbat, but if it's heated from before Shabbat, it's okay. Now we're going to explain what is Asur regarding this. It's only if you pour the water with a utensil. But if the water is in the ground, everyone agrees that you're allowed to pour it on you on Shabbat. Because no one will say that it looks like it was heated that day. Because usually water that's on the ground, it could keep its heat for a while. And therefore, we're not worried that you might heat water on Shabbat. What do you mean? The story of Tveria was also in the ground. The rabbi said it was a store. Rather, we're going to restate the statement. Rather, if the statement was said, it must have been said like this. Machloket pekarke. The machloket is only water in the ground. But with the keli, everyone agrees it's asur. We're going to stop right here, Abutai. Okay. Oh, actually, we'll, we'll, we'll stop over here for now because we got to get ready for the holiday. Abutai, 
I hope everyone has a great holiday. We're stopping Amaraba Barachana to six lines to the bottom on today's daf. So we did today's daf is just about done, and Bezat Hashem we have tomorrow's daf and Wednesday and Thursday's daf that we will do Thursday night after Yom Tov. Hopefully, I'm talking around nine thirty or nine thirty ish. Okay. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you, if, you got, if, if you could get on, it would be great. I appreciate seeing you. I know it's a hard time, but if you prefer an earlier time, I'd stop the recording.